Welcome to the Sobity Chat Podcast. If you are new and welcome back if you are a regular and a part of the fam. My name is Fatima and the Sobity Chat is a self-care community and podcast designed to empower women through faith-infused resources, mental health support, coaching, and wellness events. So before we dive in, let's chat about a few ways that you can support the show. The first way is by subscribing wherever you are listening. The second way is to share with a friend. If you think that this episode or this show will provide value to their lives, please go ahead and drop them that link. The third way is to rate and review via iTunes or wherever you're listening, but iTunes is probably the most primary source where my listeners come from. So make sure you head over there and leave a comment about why you like the show and leave a rating. And then finally is by submitting your questions via email, which is sobdchat at gmail.com, my personal Instagram, Fatima underscore farmer, or by sending a voice message right here on Anchor if that's where you're listening. So without further ado, let's get into today's show. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning into this episode. This is going to be a really special episode. I am very excited about it. It is basically a look back at my one year in LA. Um, When you're listening to this, it has officially been one year since I moved to LA. I moved here on, I left New Jersey on July 8th and I arrived here on July the 12th. And yeah, I just want to share my experience about um, how it's been, what I've expected, my relationship with God and how that's evolved over this time, pretty much how LA has supported and contributed to my unfolding and becoming. So I'm also going to be answering some questions that I received on Instagram and on YouTube, and I think it's going to be a really fun episode. Also have a really big announcement at the end, so make sure you stay tuned until the very end of the episode because there's a lot to cover here. So let's get started. Okay, so I posted on Instagram and YouTube that I would be making this video about my one year in LA, and I really wanted to gather as many questions as possible. A lot of you had questions around the logistics of moving to LA or just moving to another state in general, and I might make a separate episode about that at some time in the future or maybe a YouTube video, but what I really want to focus on in this podcast episode is really the spiritual side of things, the unfolding and becoming as my friend Takia put it when she asked her question on Instagram how did LA contribute to my you know evolution and I really want to talk about that so if you ask questions that were more specific and I don't cover them in this podcast just know that they will be uploaded onto my YouTube channel in the near future okay so let's start with perception. So I decided to break it up into three categories, which is perception, connection, and reflection. And I pulled these categories from this game that I'm obsessed with called We're Not Really Strangers. So I decided to use that as the categories just because it gives a great structure to this episode that I think will be helpful since it probably is going to be a little bit longer. And I didn't just want to go on a tangent rambling about various topics. So perception. What did I expect when moving to LA? If you missed my moving to LA series, I have a whole playlist on my YouTube channel where I dive into, you know, the moments leading up to it, to my family and friends throwing me a going away party, 
Um, I talk about just all the feelings that I was having, the anxiety, the excitement, the doubt. Um, I really document that whole process literally from beginning up until probably like March of this year is when I really stopped on the vlogs because one, we were in a a global pandemic but two just a lot of personal stuff that was going on which of course you can see on my youtube channel so um i would suggest starting there if you don't have the full backstory or if you're new to the show and you just want to learn um about my experience and why i moved i also have a podcast uh that i recorded i think it was a bonus episode i want to say episode 55 where i really went into depth about why I moved to LA and what I hope to expect um, out of this experience, et cetera, et cetera. So those are some resources where you can start. But to give you the short story of my perception around LA, I really wanted to fall in love with this city. I was really expecting to, you know, move here and just have these magical moments that I had been visualizing and working towards manifesting for the last five or six years I had been dreaming about coming here and I had just really been you know intentional about working towards making it a reality and also about creating this certain type of experience and that started with how I saw it in my mind first so if I'm being honest I can definitely say that I romanticized the idea of moving and living this dream life essentially and it's interesting because as I get into you know what actually happened which is the connection part of this You'll see that a lot of those experiences that equate to living a dream life actually happened. However, it did not feel the way I anticipated. So like I said, I really romanticized the idea of being here. I have very high expectations of how I was going to feel every day and the connection and the community and the, the support that I would have and just the overall essence of my experience. I really had a very deep visualization around this and as we get into the second part you'll see that not all of those things actually manifested the way I intended to so connection what happened once I got here so initially when I got here in July of 2019 I felt very connected inspired and aligned I was manifesting beautiful friendships and amazing opportunities which I documented on my moving to LA series um I was meeting like people that I had been inspired by for so long. I was going to all these really awesome events and it was really just a beautiful like first three months, I would say from like July until about September. In September, I would say is when shit hit the fan. (laughs) Fear kicked in. Um, I was starting to get really low on my savings. Um, I was kind of getting down to my very final um, savings and just, you know, feeling like I was running out of options when it came to securing a job and securing a place to stay permanently. And I was starting to get discouraged. Like the first three months, it kind of just felt like I was on like a vacation and, you know, living my best life here in LA and having all these amazing experiences. But around September, it's like the weight of everything just hit me and my faith was really being tested. Now, something I didn't mention in the first portion of this about before I moved here, what I expected on my way here. Um, I really had a 
a lot of heart to hearts with my big sister, Wakia, who actually drove with me to L.A. And of course, that is documented on my YouTube channel if you want to see those conversations. But she challenged me a lot to grow and to stretch. And I realized looking back now, because hindsight is twenty twenty, that my faith really was not in the most secure place when I made the decision to leave. I had a strong relationship with God, I would say, but my faith was not as strong as it could have been. I definitely felt like around that time I was starting to backslide a little bit and I was starting to um, lose the intimacy with God that I had initially been fostering before I decided to move. However, on the drive here, you know, those conversations with my sister really were pivotal to my journey, I would say. They really helped me to evolve and to grow and to just build my faith back to that intimate level that it was on, you know, when I first started my journey with God. And I really am so grateful for that experience and so grateful for those conversations that we had, although sometimes they were heated, you know, we were in the car for hours at a time. We spent the whole week together and, you know, it it was a lot to process and a lot to kind of dive into. However, I really think that those conversations helped to transform me into the person that I am now where I feel very secure and rooted in my faith. So like I said, around September, once I got here, you know, those hardships really started coming down on me the fear started coming down on me and as a result that forced me to tune into my faith in a way that I had never done before so um, someone asked me a question on YouTube I believe her name is Nina Safrina Sarafina Uh, thank you for sharing this question asking this question Um, and thank you for being a longtime supporter shout out to you She says, how do you continue to talk to God through the journey and what did God communicate back to you about what you were doing? So this is a great question because as I mentioned, around September is when I feel as if my journey with God, my relationship with God really deepened even more. Before I had left, I definitely had communication with God. I had definitely had confirmation and clear, you know, clear confirmation that I was supposed to move here. I had clear confirmation, honestly, I would say probably in like 2016, but, um, right before moving, you know, I spent a lot of time with God just because fear started to kick in, you know, so I spent a lot of time with God, just understanding what was next for me, building my trust up. And once I got here and I started experiencing just those really difficult days in September where no longer felt like I was on vacation and it felt really scary. I spent a lot of time with God. I wasn't working. I didn't have a ton of friends. You know, I would go to a lot of networking events and stuff like that, but I didn't have a lot of close relationships yet. So continuing to talk to God through that journey looked like me being intentional about spending time with God. So, you know, whether that was waking up and doing my devotionals or um, praying every day, journaling, lots and lots and lots of journaling to really communicate with God and to commune with God. Um, I was very active in church during that time. I was active in my small Bible study groups. And that was really how I was staying in constant communication with God, especially as I was you know, looking for a job and looking for a place. I wanted to make sure that every step that I was making was not from fear and it was truly based from faith. And that required me 
going very deep into my journey with God. So I hope that answers your question. So what are some other things that happened while I uh, journeyed through my first year here in L.A.? So I faced and survived some of my worst fears in addition to a global pandemic. Let's also put that out there. I mean, it's still happening right now when I'm recording this, but things have definitely, um, the quarantine has lifted. So, you know, it feels different now. Not saying that it doesn't exist anymore, but things just feel different. And I'm pretty sure you know what I mean if you live somewhere where the quarantine has been lifted. Like, it just feels like, okay, I can take a breath now, you know? So, what are some of the things that I survived? loneliness loneliness was a huge fear of mine before I left New Jersey I remember a journal entry that I wrote probably in like June of 2019 where I was writing about my biggest fears and moving here and one of my absolute biggest fears was that I was going to be lonely and if you guys have been following me for a while you know that I'm no stranger to doing things alone and going to events alone and hanging out by myself and self-care days and I usually spend my birthday alone but this was different you know this was completely different and I've also lived alone in the past too so it wasn't even that aspect of it it was really more so like the concept and the idea of being so far away and so far removed from everything that I had known that it would create this very out-of-body experience and that's exactly what happened like I can't even lie especially in I would say between the months of December and actually maybe even November between the months of November and April I actually no December November and May I experience extreme loneliness. Like, I don't think I actually realized the magnitude of how lonely I felt and how sad that made me until about like March is when I really started to put a title to it. But between November and March, I just was like, I don't know if I like it here. And you guys can see those videos that I posted on my YouTube channel because I was very transparent about it. I don't know how I feel. You know, I thought I was going to love it here, but it doesn't feel the way I anticipated. At first, it was just like a lot of it doesn't feel the way I anticipated, not realizing that what I was really saying was that um, I don't feel like I have a sense of community. I didn't feel like I had a sense of community or a sense of genuine support and connection here. And it felt hollow at times. You know, it felt really hollow at times. And that was something that I really struggled with. Another thing that I faced and survived was getting my heart broken and losing my job. Both of those experiences I have created videos for in my vlog series on my YouTube channel. So you can check those out if you want to learn more about them. But those are two things that looking back at now, I'm actually really proud of the fact that I was able to face those fears. Like those were those are some of my biggest fears. Loneliness, being heartbroken and losing my job. And I faced and survived every single one of them. So go me. (laughs) Another thing that happened while I was here is that I started to embrace my divine feminine energy. Now, if you're not familiar with that concept, I would just suggest going again. I'm going to be referencing my YouTube channel a lot because I 
I share a lot of my personal journey there. And I've created a lot of videos about the stuff that I'm talking about in real time. So I have a video where I talked about, you know, embracing feminine energy as a black woman. It was actually a live stream. That's one of my favorite videos, actually. Um, And yeah, I really dived into what that looked like and how I was exploring it. And I think I made that video in like late 2019. And I would definitely say by now, I am much more confident in my feminine energy. I embrace it a lot more. And just my feminine essence in general, um, in a spiritual sense, and also in an aesthetic sense, you know, if you go to my Instagram, if you go to my YouTube channel, you can just see and feel the difference in how I dress, how I carry myself. And um, that's with a huge credit to uh, my friend, my good friend, Lotus, who has a whole platform dedicated to divine feminine beauty called um, Lotus Laloba. And also to a new friend, Michelle, Dr. Michelle on YouTube, also known as Ghana Goddess, who creates a lot of content around um, divine feminine energy as well. And yeah, it's just been something that I've been practicing and deepening into over the last few months. I would say especially over quarantine, I feel like I really, really just went headfirst into it because I was in the comfort of my own home. So I felt like I can explore and play and test out new looks and test out different ways to explore and um, present my body and my energy and just to carry myself. So yeah, it's been really fun. Been lots of dancing, lots of um, creativity and play in my day-to-day life and in my spiritual journey. And yeah, and I've been sharing more of that online with you guys, which has been really cool to see how you all react to it. Um, And also to see some of you notice it. Like I've gotten a few comments where people were like, oh my gosh, like I love this aesthetic on you or I love these colors on you or you look so happy and like radiant. I think a lot of that can get credit to, of course, my spiritual journey, but I think the divine feminine journey also ties into that. So that is something that has happened over the last year in LA. Speaking of spiritual journey, I would definitely say another thing that has happened is deepening my self-care and spiritual practices. So self-care has always been really important to me. And you guys know that because I share so much of it here on this platform and across social media. But again, I really think this whole quarantine situation really helped to amplify my self-care, my spiritual practices, because when we're left with so much time to ourselves and so much time to reflect and so much time to just exist, it really kind of gives us space to either, you know, improve or to slack essentially. And I did a little bit of both. I definitely had a period of time where I didn't work out I didn't devote myself to my spiritual practices or my self-care practices, but I also had periods of time where I was deeply invested in it. I mean, deeply invested where I had my morning routine down pack and I had my schedule down pack and I was just very committed to it. And that truly has benefited and reflected a lot of just where I am now and what I have coming up next with which, like I mentioned, I will be getting to at the end of this episode, so make sure you stay tuned. Something else that I have done during my time in LA is explored and played. I touched on this a little bit with the Divine Feminine Energy piece, but really just exploring my own identity, exploring 
what makes me feel good, what makes me happy, what makes me, what gives me the most joy and just tapping into those things. Like I've been painting so much more. I've been cooking so much more. I've been dancing and you guys know I love TikTok. But yeah, I've just really been deepening into what are those lighthearted, creative forms of expression that can allow me to show up as my best self. And I have been fully like investing and diving into those things. And it feels really good. So another question via YouTube from Simply Lovely 21. Hey girl, shout out to you. She said, how did you make new friends? I want to talk about this because something that did happen once I got here, as I mentioned, you know, when I first got here, I was very into networking and meeting people and doing all those things. And, you know, once I kind of got settled into my routine and my job and my apartment, that kind of stopped a little bit. I just got into this space of just creating this rhythm for myself, right? Where I wasn't really seeing a lot of people. I wasn't really going out a lot. I was really just in my own world and in my own space, enjoying my own space for the first time in the last couple of years. So making new friends was something that I have to be very intentional about. I would say the first three months I had this excitement of being in a new place. So it was really easy to be intentional about that. But in about like December and after that point, you know, it wasn't as easy because I had created my routine. You know, I had created this structure in my life and, you know, I was going to work and that was taking up a lot of my time. So it just wasn't, I just didn't have as much drive to foster and build relationships. However, once I lost my job in January, I decided to really get back into that and to really invest back into, you know, building new friendships. So how did I make new friends? Number one, lots of Facebook groups. There are so many Facebook groups about L.A., moving to L.A., connecting in L.A., and I joined almost all of them. I know it's different for every city that you're going to. Some cities may not have, you know, a really large Facebook group following like that or groups in general. But you can start there. You can start on the Internet. I also would say through social media, a lot of people that I've met have been like people that I've followed on Instagram for a long time or we followed each other on YouTube. um, And I just, you know, was intentional about building connections with them. So just reaching out and being like, hey, you know. I, you know, I've been following you for a while, just wondering if you'd be down to like get tea or go hiking or whatever. Um, So just, you know, being open about reaching out to people that you know you have similarities to based upon, you know, following them on Instagram or YouTube. So that's something else that I did. Another thing that I did is I spent a lot of time going to events alone. So I would go to a lot of different things that I was interested in, whether it was health and wellness or beauty related events. But I just made sure that I was trying to do something new every week, like trying to expose myself to something else every single week. And when I was at these events, I would try my best to talk to people, you know, to dress my best, to look my best so that I felt my best. And then I would be more open to talking to people, making friends, building connections, etc. I think making friends is actually the easy part. It's maintaining the friendship that I find to be more difficult here, especially because of the way L.A. is 
positioned and structured where things are really spread out and it's not like a place like New York City where you know you can casually just say hey like I'm in this area let's meet up for drinks it's kind of not like that because people are typically very spread out and getting from one part of the city to another part can take over an hour sometimes so it doesn't have that very laid-back vibe of New York City where you can just casually make plans you have to really be diligent about making plans with people and sticking to them. (laughs) So that is a way that I made friends. Hang on one second. I'm just going to take a sip of my water because my throat is getting dry. (laughs) And I'm not editing this out. You guys know how I do. I like to keep that raw feel, you know. But um, yeah, another way that I made friends is by going to new places alone. So similar to going to events, I would oftentimes when I was looking for a job and, you know, my only job at the time was like YouTube and my podcast, I would go instead of working from home or from my Airbnb, I would go to coffee shops. I would go to different you know coffee shops in the area or to a completely different area and I would just work and by doing that I would also often meet new people you know because there's this is a type of silly city where there's typically other people who are you know working remote or they have their own business so you go to a coffee shop and post up it's very likely that you're gonna run into someone else who has a similar interest or similar hobbies or they're working on something that you're interested in or vice versa so that's something that I would do every so often I probably say like once a week I would do that where I would you know get dressed again so I can look my best feel my best and be more open to talking to people and I would just go and be friendly you know I would talk to the barista I would talk to the person sitting next to me like I was just very open intentional and curious and I think that really helped Okay, so another question. Love Purple 95 on YouTube, shout out to you, says, my question for you is how did you find the money and how can someone let go of their fear of not having enough and just taking the leap? So the question around how did I find the money, I think I'll make a more specific video around um, saving and budgeting maybe I can't guarantee that but I might make a future video about that on my YouTube channel however the short answer that I'll give you is I didn't find the money I just was intentional about saving my money so before I moved to LA I was working at LinkedIn and I was making very good money and I just saved I saved as much as I could and I stacked it away and I you know I added up what my expenses would be for If I needed to live off my savings for three months, how much would I need? And that was my goal and I worked towards it. So I cut out a lot of things in order to reach that goal, but it really was about saving. You know, it wasn't necessarily finding the money. It was just saving it. Um, And also, I want to say that you don't have to make a lot of money to save to move somewhere. You know, it could be like that was my situation and I'm grateful for that. But I don't want people to hear me say that and think like, oh, well, I don't make a lot of money, so I can't do it. It's like you can. It's just probably going to take you a little bit longer. And I don't know what your deadlines or goals are, but, you know, I had a goal to move, you know, what I I decided in January that I was going to move in July. 
or I won't say I decided, but I started um, actively saving in January to move in July. But um, I knew that I was moving way before then, you know, so I already started making adjustments in my life. So I would just say, you know, think about what works for your situation. What are your deadlines? What are your how much can you save realistically? And then just work from there. Now, the fear side of it is what I really want to talk about. How can someone let go of the fear of not having enough and just taking the leap? So I honestly am not one of those people who would encourage you to just take a leap if you don't feel like you have enough. I know people do it every day. I know people are like, you know, I moved here with $400 in my pocket and I made it work. Cool. Shout out to those people. However, I would not encourage that. I think, in my opinion, that has to be something that is divine. Like if God is telling you to move now and you only have $400 to your name, that's different. But I'm not going to use my platform and encourage people to do something like that because, number one, I didn't do that, you know, because I don't think it's wise if you have not been given divine instruction to do so. So I think when it comes to the fear of not having enough, Um, if that is okay, you genuinely do have a savings in your account, you know, you've prepared for two, three months or whatever, but you just have this irrational fear of this might not be enough. That's different. You know, that's different because now it's just a matter of trusting. Now it's a matter of just saying, okay, at some point I have to trust and take a leap versus being, um, versus being more carefree with it. So to me, those are two different things, but I definitely had fear, even though I had savings. Like I had, I would probably say about seven or $8,000 saved up when I moved. And I was still very afraid. I had paid off my expense. I had paid off a good deal of my expenses as well. So, but you know, after I paid off my expenses, I had about $7,000 left still. And I still was like, what if this is not enough? You know, so I was very afraid. But I think for me, getting over that fear and just taking a leap was a daily decision. It was something that I had to constantly go back to God to. It was something that, you know, when God would speak a word to me about my desire to leave and confirmed it, I would write those things down. And in those moments of fear, I would go back to those journal entries and really look at them and think like, okay, God told me to do this. And if God told me to do this, God is not a God that's going to lie. He's going to hold me down. Like as my sister always say, God is not going to play you. So if you got direction from God to do a certain thing and you've done your part, right? You've done your part and you've gotten confirmation. Then from there, it's just a matter of trust. And that trust is only formed by really having an intimate relationship with God, which I touched on earlier in this podcast. So let's see, we have a question from Instagram from Nas Will Shine. She said, did you have a job lined up when you moved? And what are some things you suggest you that someone research when making a move like this? No, I did not have a job lined up when I moved. Again, that's all documented on my series on my YouTube channel. If you want to see the behind the scenes to that. What are some things I would suggest you research? Research where you want to live, how much it costs to live, and the different jobs in that area. I would also say, you know, start planning and applying before you even move. Have at least three months of expenses paid for 
and then also have at least three months of savings to pay for more expenses once you get there. Um, those are just some like fresh tips off the top of my mind. Like I said, these type of questions that are more about the strategic side of moving, I will probably make a later video about. I can't guarantee it though, because I don't know if this is something enough people are interested in, but those are my tips off the top of my mind. Okay, so let's move into a reflection. So what did I learn? How am I feeling now? And then finally, what is next? So what did I learn? I learned that loneliness can birth vision, clarity, and a deeper trust in God. As I mentioned earlier, loneliness was a very big theme for me between the months of November and about April, May. And what I learned from that experience is that it really did help to deepen my relationship with God 100% because being in that stage of loneliness really forces you to cr- to crave and build intimacy. And because I was very intentional that I did not want to build that intimacy with another person in a romantic way, and I also did not want to build that intimacy um out of desperation, I chose to focus on building that intimacy with God. And it really, as a result of focusing on that intimacy with God, my vision was birthed. I got so much clarity around what I'm supposed to be doing here, how I'm supposed to be doing it. And it has really just shifted the trajectory of my path here. Another thing that I learned is that in order to manifest and attract things that I want, I must become them first. So I'll give an example around friendship because I have manifested some very beautiful friendships here in L.A. that I am so grateful for. And I realized that in order to attract them, I had to become them first. And what I mean by that is if I was saying that I wanted support and community and connection and intimacy and just this space of feeling at home here, I really had to start to create that for myself. So a recent example of that has been, you know, for months I have been saying, you know, LA is just so different. Like, you know, when you're meeting up with friends and stuff, it's like because everyone's so scattered and everything's so spread out, it's like kind of rare that people do things together. It's like, oh, let's meet up here on this day. We hang out for a few hours and then we split versus an example, for example, back in New York, right? If I met up with a friend for the day, we met somewhere central, let's say like Midtown Manhattan. And, you know, we could hang out all day. We might get drinks. We might go to a restaurant and then maybe one of them, their friends hit them up and say, hey, let's go to this party or let's go to this event. And then we would go there. So it was kind of just like this whole immersive experience where you would meet all these new people and go from one vibe to the next vibe. And it was just like a normal, unexpected day in New York City. Whereas in LA, it always felt like, okay, I'm meeting with this person on this day at this time. We're doing this thing and then we're going our separate ways. We have our separate lives, our separate friends and all of that. And something that I was really craving and I was talking to a few of my friends about here was like, I want to feel that energy of like, you know, we're just vibing and our friends are getting to meet our other friends and we have this really cool ecosystem and this connection happening amongst 
all of our different groups of friends, you know, where it's not like, oh, these are the people I do this with and these are the people that I do this with, but they don't ever interact with each other. I really wanted to be intentional about changing that. So what I did to start changing that was I, I am and currently working on it basically shifting that narrative. So number one, I'm not telling myself that anymore where I'm like, oh, it's so different here. Like I'm trying to work on my language and how I'm speaking about it, but also just curating a space that creates that environment. So for example, my car, I'm so used to being in my car alone, right? But a few weeks ago, I decided, you know what? I'm going to clean my car. I'm going to make an effort to make sure my car is always looking its best. And I'm going to make sure I have space in my back seat. And I'm just going to, you know, extend the invitation to when I invite people places to hang out, offer to drive, offer to pick them up, offer to, you know, be that support. And essentially, because if I want people to show that type of support to me, I have to first show that to them. Right. So I would start, you know, saying, hey, I can pick you up. I don't mind, you know, or hey, do you want to just carpool instead of us, you know, riding separately? And those little tiny adjustments shifted my experience so much where it started to feel like a genuine like community was forming and a genuine bond was forming. And it wasn't just like this transactional experience. It was starting to become like, no, these are friends. These are people that I actually want to build with. These are people that I actually enjoy hanging out with and not just doing certain things with, if that makes sense. So that's an example. Something else I've started doing is similar with my home. Instead of, um, you know, just going places to meet people, I've been inviting people over to cook more often. Like I've been inviting people over for dinner. Um, I'm finally getting a couch soon. At first I wasn't going to get a couch cause I'm like, I don't have people over, you know, but I really want to shift that narrative. And I want to create a space where I can't have people over, where I can't entertain. I can host people. People can be comfortable and my space can become that hub of, you know, community and connection that I'm seeking. So those are a few things that I've been doing to really shift that. But um, yeah, realizing that, having that realization that in order to manifest and attract, I have to first become those things as in regards to friendships has really been pivotal. And I think it's been making a huge impact in my life lately, which I'm really excited about. Something else that I learned is about unwavering faith. So Unwavering faith doesn't mean that I don't get anxious or afraid, but I always turn back to my faith in God regardless. So I was actually watching a sermon today and it was talking about, or a Bible study, and it was talking about the scripture, Philippians 4 and 6, be anxious for nothing. And, you know, the following scripture after that talks about how uh, we should give thanks for everything through prayer and supplication. So even though that's a command to be anxious for nothing, it's also giving us very um, practical application as to how you do that, because it's going to happen, right? God knows that we're going to be anxious, even though it says be anxious for nothing. But he's also given us us the instruction of how to combat that when it happens. And that is to return back to your faith. That's to return back to God. So what does that mean? That means to pray without ceasing. That means to um, really trust God. And in order to trust God, you have to have intimacy with God. Again, I keep saying that. I've said that probably like three times now because that's where it comes from, right? 
So doing your daily practice and your um, your daily routine of building intimacy with God is how you get the trust with God. And that's how you get unwavering faith. That's how you get more solid in your faith. That's how you get strong in your faith. So that is one lesson that I've learned and I'm so grateful for. Something else that has shifted and occurred since moving here is that I feel the most me that I've ever been in my entire life. And I know that might be a weird statement or maybe even an obvious one because it's like, of course, you're the most you because you're the most current version of you. But there's just something about where I am right now and the space that I am in life right now where I feel very present in my experience and in my womanhood. Like, I feel like I really understand what that means now. When I would hear women talking about, you know, womanhood and what that looks like, I feel like I'm stepping into that and I feel very excited about it. I feel the most like myself. I feel very comfortable in my skin. I remember for most of my life, I've honestly felt uncomfortable in my skin. I felt uncomfortable in certain situations. I felt uncomfortable around certain people. I felt uncomfortable wearing certain things or dressing a certain way and A lot of that anxiety that I used to have on a day-to-day basis about just showing up as my full self is not there anymore. And I think that's directly connected to my commitment to my relationship and intimacy with God and also to developing my divine feminine energy. I think those two things combined has really catapulted my meanness my my oneness with myself and with God and I feel so good in my body and so content with who I am and where I am and just sure of myself like I feel confidence in a way that I've never felt before where the confidence isn't relying upon how I look physically but it's how I carry myself it's this confidence that I have now when I speak when I walk into a room when I am going on a date when I'm meeting with a new friend like it's just a a way that I carry myself now and a radiance that I have with myself now that is amplified and more solid than it's ever felt before and that to me is so exciting (laughs) so that leads me to um what is next? Before I dive into that, though, I think I had one other question, and that was, what advice would I give to others? The main advice that I would give to anyone else that's on a journey of discovery and womanhood and evolving, and if that's coming through, you know, taking a leap of faith, like moving or through something else, I would say to know your why and to know God. Those are the most important things. Know why you are doing this. Why are you taking this leap of faith? And know God have a true intimate relationship with God because we can do all things with God and through God's strength but for me personally without God without that relationship with God I don't think that I would be able to do what I'm doing right now or what I'm about to step into next so that is my advice to anyone else who is on the brink of a leap of faith know your why and know God Okay, so that brings me to what is next. So 
As I mentioned earlier, I feel like my true purpose was revealed in birth here in LA. And taking it back full circle, I told you guys that I'm obsessed with this game called We're Not Really Strangers. And one of the cards at the end of the game is, or not at the end of the game, but one of the cards in the game is, if you had to name this chapter of your life, what would it be called? And I asked this question to all of my guests on my podcast as well. So I figured... I would answer it myself. If I had to name this chapter of my life, it would be called Manifested Glory. Manifested Glory. And yeah, I'll just leave it there. I'm not even going to explain it. That's just what it would be called. (laughs) So what's next? Before we get any further into this episode, I want to share with you a resource that I've been using called Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a solution for people seeking traditional mental health counseling who would prefer hearing from the perspective of a Christian. If you are seeking a mental health professional who is a practicing Christian, Faithful Counseling may be a great option for you. I'm going to share a few details about this app in case you're interested in checking it out. One of the best things is that you can start communicating in under 24 hours. This is not a crisis line and is not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online with real therapists. One of the best things also is that there is a broad range of expertise and faithful counseling's counselors network, which may not be locally available in some areas. However, the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account at any time and send a message to your counselor. And you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy. Faithful Counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available for those who need assistance. Faithful Counseling wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read some of their testimonials that are posted daily, or you can listen to my personal review that I shared a few years ago, I think, maybe like a year or so ago, um, before this collaboration came about, and you can learn about my personal experience. If you're interested in signing up and joining over half a million people who are taking charge of their mental health with the help of a professional, uh, use my link, getfaithful.com slash soulbeauty. Again, if you're interested in taking charge of your mental health, use my link, getfaithful.com slash soulbeauty. By using my link, you will get 10% off your first month of sessions. And again, that's getfaithful.com slash soul beauty. Back to the episode. What's next? Okay, so I have a huge announcement that I've been dying to share with you guys, and I'm so excited to finally share it. The announcement is that the Soul Beauty Chat is shifting into a nonprofit to help homeless women. So... As you guys know, the Sobity Chat has been near and dear to my heart for a very, very long time. And I have been committed to this community and this podcast and 
this walk of what started as me sharing my journey and then it evolved into this beautiful community. And since being in LA, it has been confirmed what God already showed me years ago before I even moved here that my true purpose and my true passion and my true calling because I have a passion for helping, you know, all women in general to shift their mindset. But my true calling right now in this stage of life is to help homeless women here in L.A. And that's something that I've been working towards um, for the last couple of months. And I'm excited to share that I'm officially launching a nonprofit to really amplify these efforts. So it has not been launched officially yet. But I promise you more information is coming soon. And if you're interested in learning more, staying abreast of everything that's coming with the the nonprofit, if you want to be a part of it, if you want to get involved with helping homeless women as well, um, you can learn more information by signing up at thesobitychat.com slash nonprofit. And that link, of course, will be in the description of this podcast. So that is my announcement. I am going to be launching a nonprofit. And I do want to talk a little bit about what that means for the Soul Beauty Chat as it is right now. And we will get into that. Trust me. First, I want to answer a question from Sugarfoot2012 via YouTube who, who asked, how did you gain the courage to start the Soul Beauty Chat? Um, that is a very loaded question. But I guess I'll give you the short answer and I'll encourage you to go back and check out some of my older videos where I talked about it in more depth. But basically, I can't even say that I had the courage because I was afraid to do it because I had been talking about hair and beauty prior to talking prior to creating this community. And um, yeah, I was afraid. I don't necessarily think I had the courage, but I had the confirmation from God that I was supposed to do it. Very similar to this nonprofit. For a while, I did not have the courage, but I had the confirmation. And the confirmation from God is enough for me to commit to something because I know if God is telling me to do it, it's for a bigger reason, even if I don't see it right away. And I'm so grateful that I did because look where this old beauty chat is today, helping thousands of women literally all around the world. It amazes me every single day when I look at the statistics of where people are watching and listening. I'm just so grateful for all of your support and all of your love over the years. And, um, Yeah, so what does that mean for the future of the So Beauty Chat? That means that the Facebook community and the podcast will still exist as it is now. You will still be able to get content from me um, on this podcast. The, The community on the Facebook group will still be there for you, for your support. If you don't know what the So Beauty Chat Facebook community is, I'll give you a really quick rundown. Basically, the Soul Beauty Chat community on YouTube is a private Facebook group that has been established um, a few years ago. It's over 500 women in the group, and it's basically for you. It is something that I pop into occasionally, and I share, you know, different things that I'm listening to, um, inspirational messages, but it really is a community that was created for you guys, and um, something that you 
really have full autonomy with. So like I said, I'm in there, but it's not something that's about me. It's not about me and what I'm doing. It really is about you and what you're doing. So I encourage you all to go to that group if you haven't already and um, share your insights, share your questions, share your ideas, share the things you're listening to, the things that are inspiring you. That is what it's all about. That is what the entire point of that community is. And yeah, like I said, it's not about me over there. It really is about you. Um, And that's one of the things that I love about that community. The podcast, like I said, is we're gonna it's gonna remain as is. There's not much of a change happening to the podcast. The only difference that I would say you can expect is that the podcast will have more interviews. I plan on interviewing a lot more people in the upcoming episodes, a lot more experts, a lot more um just people that I think you guys will really enjoy to hear from and learn from but definitely a lot more professionals in the mental health space, a lot more of um, spiritual healers and people who can really help us grow and deepen our relationship with spirit and with ourselves. Also, some other exciting news as to what this means is YouTube. So I know this might hurt. This might hurt for a lot of people. This might hurt for a lot of people. But YouTube, I am saying goodbye to the YouTube platform in the way that we know it now. Um, I, By this time that you're listening, I have a whole video up on my YouTube channel and probably an audio of that video here on this podcast that you can listen to to understand my decision to close that chapter, essentially. And yeah. I'm not going to go into it here because that video will cover it, but basically YouTube will not be the place where you can go for my vlogs or my personal journey or live streams. That's that's just not where I'm doing it anymore. Um, however, exciting news is that um, I will be launching, or by now, I won't even say will because it's already launched. There is a Patreon community that you can join where if you are still interested in that type of content, if you want to see the vlogs behind the scenes of me starting a nonprofit, my experience here in L.A., um, if you want to really see that, there is a tier for that where you can join and just get the vlogs. There's a tier for the OGs, the real MVPs who are like, I want it all. I want the vlogs. I want the live soul beauty chats. I want the conversations with the special guests. I want the meditation classes. There's also a tier for that. And then there's also a tier for the person who's just like, you know, it's been real, but I can't afford, you know, to be a part of this community in that way. But you just want to support just a general donation. There's a tier where you can literally support um, with just a small amount on a monthly basis. Or if none of those options work for you and you're just like, I really only want the free content. Of course, you can still find that content here on this podcast because that's always going to be free. And on my Instagram, because I post a lot of free content there. And um, yeah, there will probably be more like live streams and IGTVs and stuff like that. Because since I'm not going to be engaging with you all on YouTube, I'll probably be engaging with you more often on Instagram. So to learn more about the Patreon, the link 
is in the description of this podcast. And like I said, there's different tiers, different strokes for different folks, but I'm excited because I have really been feeling called to let go of YouTube for a long time now. And I have been resisting, 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 but now it's just gotten to a point with me launching this nonprofit where I don't have the capacity to create content in the same way. And like I said, I have a video up where you can learn specifically about why and how and all of that. But yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been riding with me on YouTube for so long. Literally, if it was not for YouTube, there would not be a podcast. There would not be a Patreon. There might not even be a a nonprofit. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has been supporting me on YouTube from the beginning of time. Like, I think I started my YouTube in 2011. And to just think about all that has happened and shifted over the last nine years or so, it's just beautiful. And I'm so grateful for every single one of you. Like, even if you decide that, you know, you just want to listen to the podcast or you just want to, you know, be a part of the Facebook group and that's it. That is okay. I still appreciate that support. I still appreciate you just deciding to support in any way possible. Um, but I do, you know, in this year of 2020 want to work smarter and not harder so in the meantime what does that mean because like i said the nonprofit has not fully launched yet it is going to be launching later this year which i'm so excited about um the patreon is already available though so if you want to join the patreon you can definitely join the patreon now and like i said there's a video breaking down you know why i'm leaving youtube what you can expect on the patreon etc etc In the meantime, though, if you want to work with me, I want to share a few other ways that you can work with me because I actually don't talk about this stuff a lot. So I'm realizing that some of you may not even know that these are options of how you can work with me. So I'm going to break them down really quickly if this is something you're interested in. The first way you can work with me is through one-on-one brand coaching. So I've been doing consulting and offering brand coaching to businesses and influencers aspiring influencers for the last couple of years you can see my track record by looking at the reviews on my website Um, and this is something that I absolutely love so if you're someone that is launching a blog a YouTube channel a podcast and you just have questions you know maybe you have this idea but you aren't sure like what your purpose is what your direction is you can book a session to work with me And of course, all the links for this will be down below in the description box of this podcast. So that is a service that I offer. If you're in LA, I also offer not only the brand coaching, but also a photo session. So we can have a session where I can actually capture, you know, your first batch of photos for to capture your aesthetic for the Instagram or the podcast or whatever you're launching. And again, I have reviews and, you know, photos and all of that on my website if it's something you're interested in. The second way that you can work with me is one-on-one with career coaching. If you guys don't know, I have been a offering career coaching services via a website called themuse.com, which is like one of the number one career platforms. And I have been offering services with them since I think 2016 or 2017. And it's something that, again, I don't really promote. Like I just, it's just something that I do, but um, I help people 
with their job search strategy. I help people navigate if they're in a transition between one industry to another because I've had the the pleasure of working in various industries, like so many industries. And um, as a result of that, you know, a lot of people who are creative or aspiring to work in a creative field really resonate with my story. And I have a lot of experiences that can help a lot of people. So if you're interested in booking a career coaching session with me, you can do that using the link down below. Another way that you can work with me, if you guys don't know by now, I am a licensed, oh, sorry, not licensed, (laughs) I'm mixing up the terms. I am a certified meditation and mindfulness instructor, and I have been offering donation-based meditation classes about bi-weekly, I would say, and I usually promote them on my Instagram um, and on, yeah, on my Instagram, I usually promote them there. And like I said, they're donation based, they're virtual, they're via Zoom. And those are some those are ways that you can work with me as well. If you're interested in taking a meditation class, follow me on Instagram to learn all about those classes when I'm hosting the next one, etc. And then finally, as I already mentioned, the Patreon community has officially launched and you can sign up to be a supporter for $5 a month. You can be a part of the fam for $11 a month, or you can sign up to be a real MVP for my OGs out there who's been riding with your girl for a very long time for $22 a month. And that includes, you know, any meditations that I'm doing, the live meditation classes. It includes live sobity chat conversations. It includes personal vlogs. Um, but basically with the Patreon, you'll be getting If you sign up for the second tier, you'll get one vlog per month sharing behind the scenes of my journey, um, my spiritual journey, my soul beauty journey. Um, And then if you sign up for the real MVP and OG tier, you'll get not only that vlog, but also um, access to any of those live streams that I'm doing. So that is it. Wow. This is probably the longest episode I've ever recorded by myself. And wow, I just feel so excited about this next chapter. I'm so honored, like I said before, that you decided to be with me on this journey. And I hope that you continue to support and to witness it um, in any way that you choose to. Like I said, all the information for the nonprofit, if you want to be a part of the newsletter to find out when it's launching and to get involved, You can sign up using the link below. If you want to join the Patreon, sign up using the link below. If you want to work with me in any capacity, whether it's coaching, whether it's for a a meditation class, whatever you decide, all that information is down below. Thank you for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope that it was insightful and inspiring and uplifting and all of the things. And I love you guys so, so much. I hope that you are well, staying safe in these streets, in these Corona streets, and everything else that's going on in the world. I just hope that you are staying safe and I will catch you in the next episode. Take care.